Okay. Hello. Hello. Uh, welcome back. I hope you're all having a fantastic EAGX so far. Our next speaker here is Ben Cottier, and he'll be speaking about the rising cost of AI training and its implications. Ben is a staff researcher at Epoch AI. Ben's research interests include the diffusion of AI capabilities among different actors and measuring the effects of different inputs to AI progress. Previously, he was a research fellow at Rethink Priorities and spent time as a software engineer. Ben has a background in machine learning. Just as a reminder, uh, we'll be taking questions via swap card. Uh, so in order to submit questions, you should open up swap card on your device. You should go either to my event or agenda. You should then scroll through until you find this event, the title of which is The Rising Cost of AI Training and Its Implications. And then once you click on it, there should be a uh, thing that pops up called Live Discussion. If you toggle over to the Questions tab, you can then uh, uh, you know, enter your questions and upvote any questions. Uh, and I know we'll try and like, go for the most popular questions for starters. Uh, but without further ado, I'd like us to all give a very warm welcome to Ben. I estimate that the cost of computation to train notable machine learning systems has grown by about a factor of 2 million since 2010. So I want to talk about where that number comes from and what it means for progress in machine learning, who's responsible for that progress, and as well as uh, security and proliferation of machine learning systems. So I'll start with why this matters, how the cost of machine learning affects the who and the when of machine learning progress. Then I'll get into some more concrete empirical research that or results from recent research that I've done uh, showing that growth in training costs essentially has been relatively fast, uh, but seems to have slowed more recently. And finally, I'll get into some more speculative territory and talk about the potential implications of this, where this is heading. And the main takeaway there is that I think only big tech companies or governments are going to be able to afford the bill uh, in the future. But there's some nuance to that, which I'll get into later. Okay, starting with why this matters. Basically, you can't build transformative AI if you can't afford to train it. Economic factors constrain AI progress. And this can be factors that are quite specific to the machine learning fields, but also more background factors like the price of semiconductors, for example, or even more generally, just the overall state of the economy. Costs also affect proliferation of machine learning systems. So if costs were to suddenly become much cheaper, then many more people would be able to train state-of-the-art machine learning systems themselves. And that would change the strategic landscape because we'd have uh, many more actors in full control of more powerful AI capabilities. Conversely, if costs become much more expensive in the future, then uh, Security becomes more important for uh, companies developing these systems because they paid a higher price to develop their system, and so there's a higher cost to them uh, losing it. And there's also a higher incentive for people uh, to steal uh, a model. Okay, so I mentioned how 
economic factors constrain AI progress. How does that cash out in a forecasting model if we're trying to forecast AI progress? So here I'm showing a schematic or, or part of it uh, for the biological anchors model, which was developed by J.R. Cotra at Open Philanthropy. And it's forecasting the year at which we'll have, uh, we'll be able to afford the compute required to uh, train a transformative AI system. And a component of that is the affordability of that compute. And in turn, uh, the affordability of compute depends not just on uh, prices, but also uh, the willingness of actors to actually spend the money on the compute. Okay, so that was you know, why I think this is important. Now I wanna get into some more concrete results. And first I just wanna outline the method that I've taken in some research I've done recently to estimate the dollar cost of training. So, uh, and I think this is useful just to understand like the limitations of this later. But um, essentially, actually I'll skip a slide. So we start with uh, the training compute use, uh, needed to produce these machine learning systems. So that's on the left. And uh, Epoch has previously collected what we believe is the most comprehensive data set on this. Uh, so that's the data set I'm using. But then uh, to estimate the dollar cost, we need to divide the computation which is measured in floating point operations by how many floating operations you can squeeze out of your hardware per dollar that you pay for it. So to do that, uh, I looked at GPU price performance. This measures the performance you can get out of a GPU in operations per second. Uh, per dollar that you pay for it. But the thing is we need to factor out this unit of time. Uh, and to do that, I considered, well, what is the total amount of time that uh, GPUs uh, typically run for in, in their like, entire lifetime? I used an estimate of two years for that. That estimate was based on uh, looking at the frequency of releases of new uh, GPUs that are specialized for AI, and also the usage of those GPUs in ML systems over time. Uh, Ajay Kotra also used a value of two years in her work on bioanchors. So I, I think this estimate is quite uncertain, um, but that's, that's the value I, I went with. And we also need to account for the fact that price performance is measuring the theoretical peak performance that a GPU can do. In practice, this doesn't happen. Uh, so you need to account for like, what, what's the fraction of that peak performance that practitioners actually achieve? I went with a fraction of 35% of peak performance. This comes from uh, data that Epoch has previously collected, uh, just like a few data points about the typical utilization rates used in uh, various machine learning systems and I estimated an average of roughly 35%, but this is also quite uncertain. So that, calculating that through, multiplying the, the time and the utilization factor, gives us an estimate of the actual flop that you can get per dollar that you pay. And then, as I explained before, that uh, if you divide flop by flop per dollar, you get dollars. All right, now which 
machine learning systems should we consider if we want to like have a data set to analyze? Uh, so I went with this notion of notable systems. This is based on criteria that Epoch has previously used for our work on measuring compute trends. Basically, it has to meet one of this criteria. Uh, either the research paper associated with it had more than 1,000 citations. The system made an important state-of-the-art advance on some benchmark. It was deployed in a notable context. Or more subjectively, it had some historical importance. And all of these criteria become more subjective after 2020 because we have less information about citations, for example. Um, so this is some, somewhat subjective, which systems we count. Um, but my sense is that this is a pretty good, this gives a pretty good data set, like pretty comprehensive in terms of the systems that we care about, the systems that are you know, influencing machine learning progress the most. So onto results. Now the plot here I've got is uh, measuring the cost in dollars, US dollars, of the training compute used to train all of these systems. So that's the data points. This is a logarithmic scale. Each uh, tick is an order of magnitude larger, and straight lines are exponentials. So I find that training compute cost has been growing at about three times per year. So each year, the average training cost is about three times larger than the previous year. For some perspective, the training, if we just look at training compute in the number of operations rather than considering prices, then that's been growing at about five times per year. So that's a bit faster. Whereas Moore's law, which essentially measures hardware progress, is only about 1.4 times per year. So this is much faster than uh, hardware progress. Now you might say, well, these may be notable systems in some sense, but presumably if we get transformative AI, this is gonna be the most expensive system that's ever been trained. So we might wanna look at the upper range of systems. Uh, so that's what I'm doing here, just looking at the upper range in terms of the amount of compute uh, and, and only considering systems since about 2016, which is kind of when these really large-scale systems got going. So from there, I find that the growth rate has been quite a lot slower. It's only about 1.6 times per year. However, this is more uncertain because we, we just have fewer data points here. And you can also see that this seems quite influenced by outliers. So these two here, um, the AlphaGo Master and AlphaGo Zero systems, which we estimate just use an enormous amount of compute at, you know, relative to the time that it was produced. So it's debatable whether you want to include these outliers. I decided to include them because I do think they are representative of like pushing the state of the art. But yeah, um, shouldn't take this number quite as seriously as the previous one. Some more disclaimers I want to make here. I'm only talking about the cost of hardware to compute final training runs. This is not accounting for all the other costs like during experimentation, during deployment of these systems, and also the, the cost of, uh, in terms of salaries of the researchers working on this. Secondly, the cost estimates 
those individual data points on the plots, they have big uncertainty bounds. Uh, I roughly estimate that the true cost could be between five times smaller and five times larger than my central estimate. Having said that, the growth rate, so the overall growth rate that I'm measuring here seems fairly robust. Uh, you know, if, if you kind of jiggle these data points around randomly uh, by fairly large factors, the growth rate doesn't change significantly. Um, but, you know, there is still uncertainty in the growth rate, as was shown in the, like, shaded region on those plots. Takeaways from this part. Growth in spending has been fast, much faster than uh, Moore's Law, which describes hardware progress. At the same time, growth in spending at the larger scale seems to have slowed down uh, since about 2016. Okay, so now I want to get more speculative and talk about where this might be heading and what are the implications of this. The big question is, can this go on? I mean, we're seeing this really fast trend in costs. Surely it becomes unsustainable at some point. Uh, so people have looked at this before, uh, Ryan Carey in 2018 and Drew Lon and Mika Musa in 2022. Uh, and they were projecting these compute costs out into the future. Uh, but they were using an older estimate for the growth rate in training compute, which was about 10x per year. Um, and I think they rightly concluded that this trend was unsustainable. Um, uh, and by the way, the 10x per year estimate was based on a data set with fewer data points and also only looking at the most expensive systems. So that's why it's, it's so much higher than my estimate. Uh, so yeah, I think they were right in thinking that that trend was unsustainable and we have seen, seem to have seen a slowdown. Uh, but what if we use this, this updated trend of, of 3x every year? So if we just naively extrapolate, we'd be looking at uh, reaching 1% of current U US GDP in cost just for training by about 2032. Uh, so this might, that, that's on the order of $100 billion. Uh, this might seem outlandish, uh, happening you know, in just about a decade. Uh, but you know, it, this is actually a lot slower than previous projections. The projections were saying like uh, all of US GDP would be hit by the mid-2020s. Uh, so this is a more conservative projection. However, I still think it's unrealistic. Reason for that is uh, the historical trend is only 13 years long, so projecting much further than 10 years is unreliable. Second, as we've seen, the trend in large-scale systems seems to have been slower. Uh, I think the pace of scaling required to ramp up the cost that much seems unrealistic. I still think this is debatable, but uh, so I think it's plausible. But um, I think you know, if I just think intuitively about like what would be required in scaling up infrastructure and investment, uh, this seems unlikely to me. But a counterpoint is that we still see very large in investments in machine learning, um, you know, on the order of billions or even ten billions of dollars. Recently, Microsoft invested. Uh, multiple billions of dollars into OpenAI. Okay, so overall I think that's unrealistic. A more realistic model might be uh, 
This comes from bioanchors, uh, modeling willingness to spend. Uh, and so this accounts for a limit on spending as like a fraction of, of GDP of the frontier country, which presumably would be the US, most likely. Um, so once it hits a threshold of 1% of US GDP, it sort of flattens out and just grows at the current growth rate of, of GDP. Uh, I tentatively think this is a more realistic model than just extrapolating linearly. It's still quite limited, but it uh, seems like an improvement to me. Uh, and by the way, this also, Ajaya's best guess also is a slower initial growth rate than I'm estimating. So if I try to form my own best guess about this, uh, sort of hedge between the large scale growth rate that I found and the average growth rate, uh, update on just some mainly intuition-based thinking about like what would actually constrain spending in, in practice, and also somewhat defer to other lower estimates of growth, such as by Jayakotra, I end up with this as my best guess. So a lot of uncertainty here, huge uh, confidence bounds, uh, and I think this is a, is a very non-robust estimate, but I just want to kind of stick my neck out and, and put my best guess on the table. Uh, and this would be predicting about 1% of current US GDP in spending by about 2040. Okay, that was a whole lot of speculation. What's the robust takeaway here? I think basically uh, only big tech companies and governments are gonna be able to afford the bill for training state-of-the-art machine learning systems in the future. Having said that, th this doesn't mean that they'll be the only actors to be developing these systems. Like we, we see uh, relationships between big tech companies and smaller AI labs, such as between Microsoft and OpenAI. So it certainly doesn't uh, stop smaller actors from being heavily involved in AI development. I just think this is where the, the funding is gonna come from these larger actors. This also means security is higher stakes. Um, as I said near the beginning, um, you know, if it's more expensive to train, then it's more cost costly if, you, if that model gets stolen or leaked somehow, um, and there's a greater incentive for it to be stolen because other actors don't want to, may not want to pay the cost. Proliferation is higher stakes for companies as well for similar reasons. Um, they're not going to want competitors to get access to the same uh, capabilities. Uh, at the same time, because costs are higher, proliferation should be more limited because it's just more difficult to replicate these systems. And finally, I think it's gonna be harder to support independent empirical AI safety research. So to the extent that AI safety research needs access to uh, state-of-the-art models, you know, to um, figure out like, you know, for example, with interpretability techniques, um, it seems beneficial to have access to the latest and greatest models to understand what they're capable of and how they work. Um, this is gonna be more limited if uh, costs are much higher and access is controlled by uh, large companies or governments. So I wanna finish just with three questions as food for thought. Firstly, how will investment and revenue and the relationship between them impact future spending? I think um, this, Ne definitely needs more modeling. 
secondly, what are the actual constraints on spending? I was talking about a threshold of 1% of US GDP, but uh, I think this is fairly arbitrary and it'd be good to actually model like what is actually constraining spending. And finally, how will we support AI safety research, especially independent research, when training costs are so prohibitive in the future? Thank you. So could I just uh, thank Ben for that uh, incredibly interesting and illuminating talk, and let's transition into questions for the rest of today. Um, if you'd like to exceed. So uh, as I said before, we'll be using SwapCard. Please do feel free to input your questions via that. So the first question is, what factors affect a company's willingness to afford compute? Um, factors that affect their willingness. Um, I mean, obvious things like just their budget, how much budget is allocated to machine learning R&D. Um, and this would also be influenced by the amount of investment. So that's, that's why I'm interested in this relationship between uh, investment and revenue and the potential feedback loops there, because we could have AI systems producing revenue, which uh, increases investment, which increases willingness to, to spend. So I think just having more money available will increase willingness to spend. Um, but another thing might just be like what bottlenecks are being encountered in the AI research. So like if there's not as much traction in making algorithmic improvements, then I think companies would be more willing to spend or like to scale up compute because that is the only path forward. Like in, in this scenario, that would be the only path forward to in improving capabilities. Okay, so I'm not, uh, I'm not aware of that work, but it sounds so. It sounds like improving us, so using a larger model to create a smaller model, which is cheaper to train. seems like a thing that can be done i'm not i'm not sure like i haven't looked into that area much of like distillation and that sort of thing um so yeah i guess you know i i'm taking a fairly outside view angle if you want to call it that just looking okay what has happened historically um and then like just projecting that out but it seems totally plausible to me that we could have uh big changes in or like algorithmic uh, improvements that suddenly change like the affordability of, of a certain level of capabilities. But I, I think the thing to keep in mind is that if you look at that that's, uh, trend in spending over time, um, you know, the, the compute spending is going up even though algorithmic improvements are, are happening at the same time. And, and 
algorithmic improvements would otherwise be reducing the cost, um, and yet still we see the cost rising and rising. So that leads me to believe that um, it's unlikely that we would get like really large algorithmic improvements that suddenly change this trajectory and like flatten out the costs. Okay, uh, thank you. Unfortunately, it seems that we've run out of time, but there were so many more questions that were excellent down here. So if Ben has the time uh, afterwards, maybe we could like congregate in another room and go through these. But thank you so very much for coming along and thank you to Ben for what was an incredibly illuminating talk.